Hello and welcome to another week of the Pale Sale Mail Detox. I'm Izzy and I'm here with my friend Misha. Hello. And this week we're going to be talking about female CEOs. CEOs, sorry that wasn't very clear. Female CEOs are kind of an obvious one to do. You know, women being in top positions in businesses is kind of a bit of a kind of cliche of talking about feminist stuff. Like there's, it's something that you it's like a really obvious marker of women being successful as being a CEO and there's obviously much more avenues of of successful women but it's such an important one like they're the ones diversity in business is so important because you need diversity of ideas to create diverse products like you can't have a company of all white men making products for brown women it's yeah. just not going to work so it's actually so important particularly for really influential ones like CEOs of banks and big businesses it's so important to I mean, because that's why the financial crash happened, doesn't it? Too I many mean, white men yeah. fucking around with our money. But then also, you also have the case of those adverts which don't like get approved um, very oh, well. Yeah, um, and that's kind of like the Dove advert slash oh my God, yeah. lack of diversity. <laughs> um, so you you can imagine it going through all these rounds of people who didn't know that there was a way it could have been spun which would look inappropriate. Mm. But if you had diversity, somebody would have labeled that or put their hand up and said excuse me no yeah um so that kind of you know that backlash especially yeah. with like the pepsi advert as well things like that those kind of show mm. the lack of diversity because because you've just got like a load of white people sitting around a table going oh i mean someone might find that offensive or so, someone i mean they could find that offensive but maybe not whereas if there's like a person of color there and they'll be like no no i can say yeah, Con we we find that definitively. Yeah. Yes, that is. Uh, you should probably not spend however millions of pounds of money on that advert campaign <laughs> you should. because uh, it's racist. It's <laughs> fucking racist. It's fucking racist, basically. <laughs> um, and when it does get put through, like I, I always wonder how many people have gone and seen it and nobody's flagged it up. Like yeah. I, I always am. Um, stupefied how we can get to this day and age and people just be so ignorant i'm mm. like when i meet people who are ignorant i feel like it's my duty to educate them yeah but well, at the same time exhausting. yeah I, I, as a brown woman it can be exhausting but also it can be is it really my place to educate them will they get it from me or will they get it from somebody else better mm. um and it can be really exhausting and also i've got a train to catch yeah i don't have time exactly. to stand with you on a platform exactly. and miss my train um that's true um so yeah how much time you can spend doing that is a as another factor as well yeah yeah so um how was your week did you successfully manage to avoid white men this week how did you do um i think i did kind of I haven't actually, I haven't talked to very many men this week. I think. Excellent, yes. <laughs> because we're in a course so full of women. Mm. And yeah, no, I haven't talked to very many men, excluding my father. <laughs> but, like, but I'm yeah. assuming he's not white. He's not white. That's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, I didn't want to assume. <laughs> Sorry for making it's that fine. assumption. It's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I, did, I think this week has been a good week. Um, I think in terms of lending myself to more diversity i've joined twitter again which is like a mm. woo for me um going back into the professional professional sphere sphere super sphere. professional that you can't <laughs> say professional professional <laughs> sphere of twitter see this um, is why women shouldn't have jobs because i can't pronounce professional <laughs> exactly um oh, women can't do it because you did it <laughs> yeah um and yeah so um joining the steminist 
book club <gasps> yeah i which saw is that awesome. um i need to go back on january and yeah get the february book for um, anyone wanting to know what that is that's a twitter hashtag that is it's hashtag stem minister that's s-t-e-m-m-i-n-i-s-t yeah i actually met the author of one of the books in that uh yesterday oh was that angela angela Sayani. Sayani, yeah so i was at this um uh women the problem with women in science event yeah. at the welcome trust last night it was so cool so they had like a panel on why there's this problem which got a, got a little bit under the skin not like as philosophically as i wanted to do so yeah did you um for one of our courses we had this development reading which was about how basically the environment is a metaphor for women and science is a metaphor for men and science investigating nature is like a sort of sexual assault metaphor oh that's interesting which is really like super that's deep and i was like oh wow this is so gritty like people get offended by this is great like wow. i love it um and i was like hoping that they would touch more on that kind of philosophical element of it but it was just fair enough stuck to just like sexual harassment in the workplace and diversity and things i think i think somebody must have steered it that way i think I so think it must have I been think very well best. curated <laughs> yeah. uh, especially because we both read that welcome trust article oh, in guardian yeah. about their pay gap um and yeah. they have do they have 64 percent female employees and yes then the pay it's gap of very heavily female dominated and Ugh. as somebody who used to work at welcome trust i can see that like there's for 64 percent women and 21 mm. percent difference in yeah. pay that's ridiculous because all men kind of in the you top, can't even the argue levels, like the that there's levels. more men than women for you to yeah put into the positions of authority because yeah. there's so many more women <laughs> what, what are you doing with these women literally, are you just keeping them at the bottom literally like, inexcusable yeah it's literally inexcusable um but yeah. uh yeah i've been following that on twitter too cool so um could could have been depressing but might but probably quite inspiring in some ways yeah yeah cool on to female ceos it's, it's more about having that really cool pencil skirt or that nice dress from whistles and having really cool desk stationery it's about so much more than that <laughs> so much more than that like almost everything more than that everything more than that. <laughs> yeah. um so i think that one of the things that what when i was like looking at some of the ceos um researching this I just found so many things, so many quotes from CEOs saying how they've had to deal with things in the workplace. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of them, some of the CEOs we've gone through, I've added some quotes in and we'll read them out as we go along as well. Cool. Um, because I just think they're so Immersive experiences. Great. Yeah, they're nice. so great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Do you want to kick things off? I with shall. the first one. Um, so I just started a bit about the fortune 500 companies so this is where we were at 2017 um fortune 500 is basically a list of the 500 largest companies in the us and currently there was a there was an article written by fortune saying um we have had the largest increase of female ceos on the list Yay. from 21 to 32 oh my god <laughs> A hundred percent. They gave themselves like, the biggest pat on the back. Um, <laughs> yeah, and out of the five hundred thirty-two female CEOs, um, which is six point four percent, still a small amount, um, <laughs> but it's increasing. Hopeful there. Yeah, that's, um, that's a, we're going to take that small bit of hope and 
cling on to it. Yeah, basically. Um, and so I had a look at through that list and also the Forbes most powerful women list, the top mm. powerful women list, and picked out a few. So um, the first was Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook, the lean in woman. Um, yeah. Should we lean in close to the microphone? Yeah, we lean in close. Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. We're leaning in. Um, so I don't know if, uh, have you read Lean In? I haven't, but I know kind of what it's about. Yeah, it's more about, um, I've read some bits of it, which is basically about leaning into the workplace and kind of taking those opportunities as women. And mm. also there's this whole website dedicated to um, women empowerment. So you can sign up to Lean In. And some of these other women that we've seen on the CEO, um, as we're going to go through the this podcast are on that lean in platform so if you sign up to the lean in okay. they give you mentoring and they put you in circles oh, sweet. as well yeah it's mostly Amazing. based in the u.s but it's really helpful for women here as well if they want to make connections to people as well so nice. it could be one of those things that maybe people and listeners of the podcast might be interested in as well um very good and uh one of the nice questions plug there yeah and this episode is sponsored by Lean In and Cheryl Sandberg. She got in touch She's and amazing. said she loved the podcast and wanted to get involved. Yeah. <laughs> um, so her quote was, um, and I thought this was a great quote because it's about how she kind of took her gender and realised who she was. I spent most of my career, including my time at McKinsey, because McKinsey is a massive firm, mm -hmm. um, if you don't know, never acknowledging that I was a woman. And, you know, fast forward, I'm 43 now. Fitting is in is not helping us. And I think that's the main thing here is that you realize that you are a CEO, o -O, CEO, and you are a woman at the same time. And even though those two things are can be separate, they are overlapping at some point. Um, and that's kind of, you know, you don't have to fit in. You don't have to do what males are doing in the industry to get where you need to get to. Yeah. Evidently for her, she's not, like doing badly she's mm -hmm. the ceo of facebook and she's yeah. had a long career of going through like these consulting companies and doing very well for herself because mm -hmm. that, that was kind of one of the crit one of the main criticisms that margaret thatcher had so she was obviously like a really prominent female leader and the fact that she didn't really pull anyone up with her so even though she was a woman like not many people in her cabinet were female she didn't really from what i've read didn't really make an effort to kind of promote women so she was basically just acting like a man yeah which um, you know in the 80s you might have needed to do like you may not have been able to do this the the new ways that people are doing it yeah but still she was acting like a man to get where the men were yeah which Whereas is now people are realizing that you can do it the other way which is which is great which is good which yeah. is good you don't need to inherently change who you are to become a ceo yeah. and a ceo and you shouldn't have to yeah so i'm going to go into the second person there's christine lagrade the head of the oh, international yes. monetary fund and i put french also, lady. yeah french number eight on the forbes most powerful women's list and so i'm going to follow this with another quote which i love this quote because just out of curiosity who is number one our number one is I think it's Angela Merkel. <laughs> oh, okay. And number two is um, it's like who is going to be? I mean, head of the IMF is pretty big deal, but yeah, Angela Merkel is like yeah. actually in power and has been there for a long time. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and this is one of the quotes from January two thousand seventeen at the World Economic Forum annual meeting, and I think I felt this at some point as well. We have to identify our own biases, she said. Sometimes you have to identify that when a board member who happens to be a woman takes to the floor, guess what? 
many of the male board members start to withdraw physically. They mm. start to look at their papers, to look at the floor, and you need to disrupt that. Yeah. And can we just take a minute to, <laughs> like, she is head of the International Monetary Fund, and she gets this. Yeah. So it's never going to be, you know, she has, easy She slug. has all the power suits. Exactly. And she's still getting ignored. And so... Even though, you know, she's up there, she's doing great things, she's heading something, she knows, she's spoken up about it, and she knows that people do look away, males physically, yeah. you know, they kind of shrink away from this mm. powerful woman, and we do have that kind of image of women being bossy or, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, being forceful yeah. in some way. But, when but, And also just not, women not being taken seriously, so even though you know she's your boss, you might know that she's... Um, really powerful but kind of society has conditioned you to think that you know a woman speaking is not important so you'll just kind of without even thinking pay less attention or kind of question more of the things that they've said it's really hard to stop yourself doing that because you've been brought up in that society that makes you do that like it's, it's hard true. to take all those biases away it's all i'm basically like impossible you've just got to be really yeah. conscious about it and like maybe make an extra effort to be attentive when a woman is speaking and like actually try and counter your biases rather than acknowledge them great first step but then also doing something about it like on the spot right there and then definitely and like she's in a mostly male dominated industry as well like most of these women are economics as full, full, yeah. full of men and money suits, power driven so, so, sounds like it would almost be a toxic environment giving men and loads of money and just telling them to like run the world with it Sounds well terrible, um <laughs> yeah um and then i just i just put in slightly as a tangent i was looking at where we came in the uk and we do really <laughs> shit in this <laughs> because there are only two people who come above 30 oh wait somebody sneaks in there but um Theresa may comes second and queen elizabeth comes 26th oh my God, and, and most of them are from the u.s so yeah it feels a bit like we are lacking in uk terms of mm. powerful ceo and i feel like that's a gap that we can probably not me and you per se but like I, all those I, women I out know, there Misha, I feel like maybe we can do something <laughs> maybe we can we could um, if, I mean, if we weren't so busy recording podcasts at like 5pm on a Thursday, that's then true. we could be doing a lot of other we stuff. We could be bossing the industries. <laughs> bossing the industries. We could be like, yeah, all the assertiveness. We could just waltz into like Lloyd's and HSBC and be like, guys, come on, this is enough. Come like, on. give us a chance. This is it's true. This is stupid now. You've had, you've had enough. You must I mean, be tired. Don't you think men The are recession. <laughs> That's all I have to say. The recession. Like, have you seen the big short? <laughs> it's all men. Like, they know, did it. You know how people say, like, okay, well, that one of the arguments for basically all the serial killers in the US, you know, not serial killers, the mass murderers in the US, they're all yeah. male. So the solution yeah. is don't let men have guns. Obviously, you would probably remove all incidences of mass shootings it's the same all the financial crises in the world have been solved by men just don't let men handle money that's true just take it away Literally. like naughty children Absolutely. you did bad you must not have money no more <laughs> Bye. no more money no for more you money. go sit on the naughty step <laughs> no more money i think that's a really good word that's good because you know, children immature people and children respond really well to discipline that's true yeah that's very true yeah um <laughs> Oh, and uh, I think this is the third person on my list, uh, Emma Wormsley. 
So 2017, she made history as the first ever woman to CEO a major pharmaceutical company. What? I know. And I was like, 2017? 2017 as in last year as in last year oh my god <laughs> like a couple of months ago and so yeah she's number 29 on the forbes most powerful women list and i mean i was doing research on this and i've added into my comments um a little note i've read <laughs> i read I like a... i hope these are all written in like red pen yeah <laughs> i've some really stuff and like see me so basically um reading a financial times article which has called her ruthless oh, God. and i was just thinking in any other context a ceo would have to be ruthless yeah. but they had made a point of saying that she was ruthless that she was going for money and i was like well you're you're in a pharmaceutical <laughs> company i hope you're... she's bloody going for money because otherwise the, the pharmaceutical company is gonna fail how is that <laughs> She's yeah, doing a fucking how dare, job. How dare should someone go into business and be after money? Exactly. She, I think no. Actually, you know, maybe she. They 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 think that she's got confused. She she meant to go and do some voluntary work. Exactly. She's all about. The, she, was, and she's just ended up in this this big this huge multinational pharmaceutical company. And she's all about. This is just this is just so wrong. She needs to go back to the charity sector and kind of re realign her values. It was I think. it was so negatively framed. If they were honestly critiquing her as a businesswoman i would take some of that and be like okay fine it's a businesswoman stance like that's mm -hmm. what they feel about her business but the fact that they had to be like they took the one quote that she had and said that her lack of baggage in pharma is an advantage and lack i was like baggage baggage she said that her lack like of baggage herself. Bag or something. Yeah, I, I have no idea. <laughs> she just forgot a handbag at the cafe. And just was like, She's like, guys, I can't turn get up, to my office. My, my, task, my yeah, pass won't exactly. swipe. <laughs> um, so, All right, everyone go home. What Business is this? Done for exactly. Them. I, was a bit, I was a bit confused at what the Financial Times was talking about. Um, <laughs> and then the last one, who's very relevant to our kind of science communication mm, sphere yeah. is Catherine Viner, um, who's editor-in-chief of Guardian News and Media. And she's the first woman ever to have that role as editor-in-chief in Guardian's whole history. Oh my God. You'd think the Guardian of all places would be a bit Quite more nervous. hot on that, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, that's what I thought. But you'd, um, well, you'd hope anyway. She'd Obviously only not. been in the role <laughs> since 2015. Um, so that was... A, two three years ago and um she's really done a turnaround for guardian in terms of business guardian's gone through a new rebranding campaign mm, so yeah. they look way more slick um did you like it i, I like don't it. like it that much you know i liked the blue i liked that it was all blue i like i like the whole um refocusing onto more important issues the yeah. only thing i've noticed with their new kind of drive is mm -hmm. very much more digital ad revenue so i get yeah. far more guardian news reports on my facebook feed than i used to i feel like they're becoming more aggressive okay. in their facebook targeting mm. so that you can read their articles mm. and she's been like when she joined revenue was dwindling and she's doing they're doing pretty she's well now yeah she's really turned it around cool. good for um, her good for you kath yeah over to you what did you who did you come up with Oh yeah, so my my favourite female CEO 
Actually, I'm just going to say CEO. She's my favourite, full stop. Favorite She's called Jane Ann Gadea, and I first heard about her when I listened to Desert Island Discs last year. And she's the chief exec of Virgin Money, the money side of Virgin. So, you know, like Richard Branson, yeah. his, his whole thing. But she's, a, she's like the whole CEO of the bank. And she's basically like had a, f- she's had a few banking jobs and everywhere she's been, she's tried to like change the kind of culture of it. Because obviously banking is, used to be extremely notorious for bad behaviour, but is now actually kind of becoming slightly reformed. Like yeah, because it's so down. It's had yeah. its wild years. It's taking a step back. Yeah, because it's, gonna calm it's down now bit, under yeah. so much scrutiny since the financial crash. So, um, so she now works at Virgin Virgin Money, but she used to be at RBS, and she took over at Northern Rock when they were nationalised in two thousand and eight because of their like reckless. They they just made so many errors. They were like reckless counting, just really yeah. stupid mistakes that made them go bust. She went to RBS and she was like, okay hold on a second this is just a load of crazy old white scottish guys thinking that they (laughs) run the world she went into rbs and she said that she raised alarms about accounting issues the sale of payment protection insurance rejected attempts to package up mortgages in this style of securitizations which were what northern rock did so this was like selling similar to what in america they were like selling the subprime mortgages yeah which made the whole thing collapse so she was like hold on guys I know you want your bonus at the end of the month. You really like money. You love. <laughs> there was oh, there was a comment like um, people in her office used to come in with bandages and blisters on their fingers because they'd burnt themselves on flaming sambuca shots. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Wow. Does does anyone like sambuca enough to get burnt? Like no. doing it? Absolutely not. No. The quote was literally like these old white Scottish men, and the managers just thought they were masters of the universe because they were bank managers like seriously come the fuck on after she left rbs and she was in virgin money and she still she does loads of advisory positions as well so she leads a treasury backed initiative to boost boost diversity in financial services because she was notices this problem like the fact that if it's all one section of society controlling all these decisions then they're all going to have similar biases they're all going to have similar opinions and they're not going to spot these problems that are coming in from all directions so if when you have diversity, if a racist advert is going to be published for Lloyd's and if there's all loads of white men there, like, oh, I don't I don't think this is a problem. I don't, I've never encountered this. And then it's going to get put through. People are going to talk shit about you. It's going to be bad. Yeah. So on the Desert Island Discs thing, she was quite something that I've noticed about really successful men whenever they're profiled in articles or, you know, magazines and stuff. They tend to have this air of sort of not being fairly modest and kind of not really understanding how they've become so successful yeah they're not really aware of their privilege that they've had in they've you know oh this opportunity i mean i didn't really work that hard and i just kind of this opportunity just came to me they have a tendency to make it look a lot easier than yeah it was make it just like a happy accident or luck so she sort of has a little bit of this attitude but obviously has worked incredibly hard the evidence with her is her in her actions so she's gone into these banks and actually made differences so she does work hard and it's probably just her her attitude her upbringing saying you know you yeah. should brag about the things that you've done and she's really cool because she managed to have a child after six rounds of ivf oh wow six rounds of ivf and then she went back to work and she was like really worried about going back to work she's like i don't know if i'm concentrating enough like how how am i doing and she asked her boss at the end of the year like she's like i really hope i've done okay he was like 
you've had your best year you've made the most deals you've been so organized you've been amazing and it was because she had this other priority in her life she had something that was more important than banking yeah like a child and it meant that she was in the office at eight she was out by five she got the work done she couldn't stay she couldn't stay for drinks she couldn't um you know be pissing about on facebook for three hours and then be like oh i'll just catch up later like you just had to do the work yeah and she's like i would prefer to employ working mothers because i know that they will get shit done that's amazing that's yeah. so good <laughs> imagine if imagine if a male ceo had to do their job as a ceo yeah. for one thing but yeah. also had to go and attend loads of diversity panels and spend time justifying why they could do the job and why and having to go and do these interviews and extra things like oh you're a man in finance like well done like how like they men mm. still do this job but they just have so much less extra less shit to like deal with on the side no you're added i think there's an extra layer about being a woman that you get added to that you have to justify your reason for even being there yeah. sometimes that you're just so, well, sorry, excuse went... me, misha why, why are you existing right now that's can you... like it's, it's... No, no, sorry, why are you existing can you, can you tell me why are you here why, why am i here <laughs> if anyone comes up to you in the pub and is like oh you know women shouldn't be ceos there are no female ceos you can now list off cheryl sandberg Christine Lagarde, Emma Walmsley, Catherine Viner, and Jane Ann Gadea, and be like, actually, no, these women are doing a way better job than the men before them, so fuck you. Cool. So, Misha, can you give us your woman of the week? We are trying to diversify everyone's news feeds, everyone's news media intake, so instead of looking at all white men on the news, old white men, they're all crusty and disgusting, let's hear about someone who isn't one of those people. Okay, so my woman of the week is from yesterday uh and i have rejoined twitter Woo! Yay! and one of the first Everyone followed. Things, do you want to do a plug yeah at m underscore pat one um which is my twitter handle and i'm I've gonna been... get be be prepared for the absolute flurry of followers you're gonna get after this oh, goes up be amazing yeah um <laughs> and i was looking at science communication chats and where i should go and looking at women's steminist book club and I stumbled upon a tweet where um, the president of Condé Nast International has got a tweet which said, all space journalism is male and didn't identify who said it, but said the UK's best female editor. And the My Woman of the Week is Lauren Grush, who mm -hmm. is herself a journalist, a space reporter at Verge, who jumped on that tweet and literally said, oh i'm a dude i guess and then <laughs> went on i'm sorry i must have confused my vagina for a penis and then went on to say incoming a big fat list of women who write about space and literally tagged in all these women who write about space and it just made me feel so great knowing that that yes there is a great community out there and how dare somebody yes it was a female editor who mm -hmm. said it but at the same time how dare somebody comment that because there is a wealth of women out there and it was a whole community this woman knew all these women mm -hmm. so lauren grush is at lauren grush um if you want to follow her too and she just tagged all these women who said these women write about space at cnn at all these places at the guardian and it was just one of those heartwarming <laughs> threads that she, was like she didn't even yes. need a sassy reply she was like actually no here's a list here's a list and it's been retweeted 268 times awesome so well that's also given us a new episode we can do 
space writers. We can do space writers. And then she's just given us a list. Exactly. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Please come on the podcast if you'd like to. Amazing. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Cool. And my one is a slightly off topic in that it's not a human female. This is uh, a crayfish. Female crayfish that are kind of invading Europe at the moment. And they're all (laughs) female crayfish that are cloning themselves. They have reached my goal of being able to avoid men altogether (laughs) because they can clone themselves. They don't even need to meet up with a man to breed. That's so cool. They've just been like, you know what? Men are a hassle. Let's just remove them from our lives. I mean, I feel like that on a daily basis. That is amazing. That's that's goals. Hashtag goals right there. Crayfish goals. Goals as fuck. (laughs) That's what it is. Reproduction goals. Reproduction goals as fuck. And I think think next week we're going to be doing an episode on copulation. So like female species of animals that now don't need men or like female species that I won't give it all away, but Emma's going to come in and talk about like these cool animals that kind of do things the other way around and like don't need men or eat them. Like praying, is it uh, praying mantises that eat men? They yeah. eat the males after they copulate. Brilliant. Remember to talk about all these cool female CEOs when you have conversations at the pub because I know everyone does that. Yes. And we'll see you next week. So bye from me and bye from Misha. Bye. Thanks. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>